0: listening to the Refinery Church podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. If you're getting tired of that song, this is the last week you're going to get to hear it. Oh man, love that tune. Well, you can pick up Rascal Flats on iTunes or wherever you, wherever you listen to music, you can listen to it. And hopefully, it'll be a reminder. You know, there's a reason why we choose songs like that um, for series like this, or or when we're doing a message, because those songs get stuck in our head, don't they? And uh, what I want to do is I'm kind of redeeming a song, so you don't just think about Rascal Flats, so you think about this cool song. But when you hear that song, maybe you're in the mall, maybe. You're turn on the radio, you hear that song, you suddenly begin to remember the teachings and the message that God gave during our series of joy. So now when you hear that song, where I'm hoping and I'm praying that you're going to remember to have joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Yeah, I want, I want that song to just kick joy into your heart and go, you know what? I don't need to worry. I don't need to fret. I'm on this road, this life, this highway, this journey, and God wants to fill me up with his fuel called joy. Amen. Amen. So, but this is the last week. We're wrapping up our series this week on joy as we are coming to the end of summer. But man, I've got a new series that's going to be kicking off in September. Mm, It is it is gonna so powerful. I I I don't want to spoil it, but I tell you, I gained insight about 20 years ago into some principles in Scripture that transformed and changed my relationship with Jesus. And I'm gonna be sharing those with you this fall, starting in September. So mm, get ready for that, it's gonna be a powerful teaching. But before we go into that, man, we're right here in joy. Because for the past two years, we have been through some tough stuff, haven't we? I mean, if you look around, you look at the news, I mean, it's been discouraging, whether it's been politics, economics, health concerns, all sorts of things. I mean, I was reading recently that California now is experiencing, for the first time in the history of the state of California, a decline in population. And there's been a reason. People have been moving out of state for a variety of reasons, you know, whether it's economics, whether it's social concerns, whether it's political concerns, whatever it is. People are moving around because they're trying to find relief, Right? They're trying to find relief from the tension and the stress and the anxiety. Well, it isn't a matter of just moving to a new location. I believe that God wants to do a work in us right where we're at right now. I had some friends that moved out of state, and recently I got to talk to them. They've been out of state now for about six months. And they're saying, man, we're still dealing with this stuff. And I said, I know, I understand, because it's not about location. It's about the proximity with you and God, not the proximity of you and a state or a political party. And how's your relationship with Jesus? Because he can fill you with joy wherever you're at. And we've been examining Paul's life where he was able to have joy in the midst of being in prison. See, his joy wasn't based on his location. It was based on his relationship with Jesus. So the Lord wanted me to teach through the book of Philippians this summer, and I hope it's been a blessing for you. I was talking with Ken earlier today. Many of you guys have had a chance to meet Ken. He kind of ushers around here and kind of keeps track of what's going on. And he was saying, oh, I just, I love going through Philippians this summer. It's been such a joy-filled experience. I believe this is probably, this joy series is one of my favorite series that I've ever taught. And the reason why, because I feel like it was timed Perfect. I felt the Holy Spirit said, this is the time this congregation, this community needs to hear this word from me. And I believe it's been a word from the Lord for many of us. As a matter of fact, a number of you have messaged me. You've either text messaged me or you've emailed me. You've said, oh, thank you, Pastor Kelly. You know, going through Philippians has really helped or a specific message has really helped me. I had one mom text me and say, oh, Pastor Kelly, your message on on combating worry really helped me because I was so nervous and so worried about my son going to school because of what's being taught or the pressures of school or, or sickness or anything like that. And she said, I was so worried. Read, your message that message from Philippians on combating worry really really helped me thank you Pastor Kelly and so I am excited that we were able to hear a word from the Lord this summer and for personally for me it actually helped me too I don't know if you guys know this but but I'm going to share with you um you know I'm not perfect right and I know that might come as a surprise to a couple of you you look at oh Pastor Kelly you look so good you sound so good no no I, I got to deal with stuff just like everybody else. And, you know, I kind of like to say this. You know how a doctor, you think doctors, right? They know everything about medicine. They're probably never sick. They know all the pills to take. They know all the therap- therapies to take. They know how to prevent, et cetera, et cetera. Do you know doctors get sick too? Do you ever know that? Yeah, they do. They do. They get sick too. And they happen to know the therapies, but it doesn't mean that they use the therapies, right? I remember I saw a television show, and it was an older show, like from the 60s, and it showed this doctor smoking cigarettes, right? And I'm thinking, what the heck, doctor? You know, don't you know? And of course, back then, they thought, you know, cigarettes re- reduced stress. They didn't know what it was doing to their lungs. They didn't know that it caused lung cancer, things like that. Um, and so here are these doctors who are smoking away. It's like, hey, doctor, you probably need to take your own advice, right? Well, pastors have to do the same thing. Pastors, as we have seen, um, they have challenges, they face difficulties, and we may know the answer, but we have to apply it in our lives. And so this series has been something that I've gone back, and thanks to Matthew and our media team, uh, and Craig, our media team, putting together these podcasts, I've been able to go back and listen to these messages and not just preach them, but hear God's word going into my heart and really building my faith and seeing joy come into me. I love it. Um, we've all had challenges. Matter of fact, I'm going to get real personal if you don't mind. Um, this June, I shared this with our leadership team earlier, this June, this last June, just as we were kicking off this uh, joy series, Um, I got a text message from the husband and wife that own the house that we rent. We rent a house here in the city of Brea, got a really great deal uh, a number of years ago. I think it was a little over four years ago. We love living there, love living in this city. Well, I got a message from the owner saying, hey, Kelly, I'm sorry to let you know this, but we're not going to renew your lease because we're going to sell the house. And all of us know, oh, man, what does that mean? This is the home that we battled COVID and won COVID. Uh, This is the home where we were quarantined for a a year, where my family grew closer, but it was a safe place for us. And, and man, I started looking at rent around. You know how, how much rent is here in the city of Brea? Little two-bedroom apartment right over here, $3,000 a month for a little two-bedroom apartment. So I was saying, Lord. And I began, I remember when I got that text, it was like I got hit in the gut. Have you ever gotten bad news and you're suddenly like, oh, everything that you were thinking about, now it's like, oh, oh my gosh, this is the most difficult thing that I'm going to face. Because, of course, I'm thinking in my head, man, how are we going to afford a place Um, gosh, the expense of moving. And then I also begin to think, wait a minute, we just put money down on a vacation that we're supposed to take in July. And now Leah, we begin to talk about it. We're going, how can we get out of that vacation? Can we not go on vacation and save that money to help move? You know, we begin just like everybody going, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Leah, after we kind of huddled together and went, okay, what does this mean? A move again, or here we are moving again. Well, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna practice what we preach. We're gonna do what the Bible has taught us to do, to not be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, let our requests be made known to God. So Leah and I, right there in our kitchen, we grabbed each other's hands and we prayed, Lord, this doesn't surprise you. And we're gonna trust you, and we're not gonna worry. We're not gonna worry. And we did that for a couple of weeks. And I would come here and I would teach on it. And then I'd go back and listen to it and build my spirit and go, Lord, you're going to provide. Well, in July, as we were looking at different prices of homes, we went from outside Brea. We went, started looking in La Habra and Placentia and Fullerton and started working our way down to Santa Ana, trying to find something affordable, right? We're looking all around. My family messaged me and my family owns a number of homes here in in, in Orange County. And just before we went on vacation is we're thinking, man, we can't afford this vacation. Let's make sure to pack loaves of bread and peanut butter so that we can eat during our vacation, right? You know know what it is, right? Okay, where can we cut corners? My family contacted me and said, "Hey, we've got one of our houses in Orange County that's coming available, and we want you and Leah to move in there. And we're, we, what are you paying in rent?" So we told them we were paying what we were paying rent. That we're going to charge you less than that. The money's going to go into the family trust, so eventually it will be Leah's money anyways. And so we want you to have a home that you don't ever have to move if you don't want to. Isn't that good? I had no idea how God was going to do this because I'm looking around at rent. Oh, yeah, we're a good credit risk. We'll be able to get into something. But, man, can we afford something? That's the thing. And Lord made a way that we weren't even thinking about. And so this weekend, my wife and I, Leah and I and the girls are packing up our house. And we're going to be moving stuff this week. And we're thanking God for making a way. See, he is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. And I share that with you because, see, I personally, it's a testimony of what God's done in me. Because, again, I've got to live this out, too. I've got to live this out, too. Well, now I'm sure you're, you might be thinking if you're a math person, you're going, well, you still got to pay for the move. That's expensive, and you're still going on vacation. Uh, how, what are you going to do, Pastor Kelly? Well, let me tell you. Literally the day before we left on our vacation, it was July 14th. We are getting ready to leave on our vacation. I'm going, okay, Lord. Well... You'll make a way. You made a home for us. Now you'll make a way financially. Leah got a message from her work. Not expecting this, she's a school administrator and she ended up getting a bonus that paid for our move and paid for our vacation one day before our vacation. Isn't that good? Oh, man. Yeah. Applaud the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We chose joy even though it was hard. We chose joy, and we watched God fulfill his promise. It's a promise that we read about in Philippians. This is why we've been studying Philippians. Take a look at this promise, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Just a couple of weeks, I mentioned this. And Paul says, "...and my God will supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus." So I stand here today saying, Lord, I had to walk through this this summer like everybody. I had to face concerns and worry, Lord, how are we going to see this happen? And the Lord goes, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm going to supply all your need according to my riches and glory. So the vacation was paid for. Our moving costs have been paid for. And now we have a house. Thank God. God's timing was perfect. It was totally perfect, and I, I was thinking, well, Lord, I would like to have known a little sooner so I wouldn't have, so I could have had a little more head of hair so I wouldn't have lost another ha- grouping of hair. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, wait a second. I told you not to worry because I'll take care of it. If you worried, that's on you. I got you. I got you. We were able to enjoy our vacation. Oh, my gosh. We were able to just relax and go, thank you, Lord, for providing and taking care of us. Listen, as I said, Pastor Kelly is gifted and anointed to dig into God's word and to present to you the truth of God's word. I'm anointed to preach it and to communicate it and to share it. But I am like you. I've got to live it out. I'm not some sort of superhuman Christian that is impervious to the challenges, I'm not some Christian that's floating along here walking on water saying nothing ever bothers me. No, it does. But what I am doing is I'm exercising discipline in my mind and my heart and saying, God, I will believe your word to be true. I will stand on this word because this is the thing that is unshakable. This is the thing that is unmovable. God's word, his promises are true. And so I thank God for a very timely and a very relevant series on joy because I needed it. I hope it's been a blessing to you. How many of you have been blessed this summer by this series of joy? Come on, let's hear an applause. Come on, amen. Amen. One of my favorites, and I'm really excited, and it was so creative with our team putting it together with the gas cans and the the air fresheners and all the fun things that they did for this series. It was really a fun, joy-filled series. But here's what I like to do. So on road trips, my family and I have enjoyed doing road trips over the years, and I like to take pictures at some of those fun little locations, right? The, the giant ball of twine, let's get a picture on that road trip, or the the Paul Bunyan giant oxen and all that. I love to get those pictures on road trips. And I love to go back, because for me, I get to relive the experience of the road trip when I look at the pictures. How many of you guys like to do that, right? You get out your phones and you're know, standing on the, the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and you're hairs blowing all over the place and your smallest child almost blows off the bridge and you get a picture of it and you remember the great times of your child almost dying. You know, you remember those things. Well, here's a picture. My family and I, a few years ago, went on a road trip and just, I thought I'd just give one of those pictures. This was a fun one. Um, We went, we drove up to central California to the American river. How many guys have been river rafting there? Yeah, it's hard to see in the picture. Um, The first two, uh, this is my daughter Rachel on this side, my daughter Emma, uh, my wife Leah and me. And um, what you don't see is about two minutes later, they didn't capture it. I flipped over into the water. I thought I was going to die, <laughs> but didn't. They picked me back up, put me back in the, water, uh, the river rafting, and it went from this great exciting time to this harrowing time that I thought I was going to die to back in the, the boat again going, okay, this is really fun. Within five minutes, I went from joy to fear to joy again. That's kind of how life is, right? And, and I love looking back at this picture because it reminds me the highs and lows. That we're going to go through highs and lows in life. Isn't that right? And we're going to, I mean, life is like this river, you know. It's going to be crazy at times. And then there's going to be those calm times where you're enjoying the scenery. Every one of those moments, God wants us to know joy. I, I, I love this picture because it shows our faces when you get up close. We are filled with joy. And it's amazing how quickly joy can go away, right? (laughs) But then how quickly it can return. We road tripped up to central California and did this. And so here's what I want to do today. I want to look back on our road trip this summer, our joy road trip. I want to take a look at some snapshots and maybe it will remind you what God spoke to you over this summer. So let's do this. Let's take a few snapshots of our road trip this past summer. We started with, and if you're a note taker, you want to open this up. We started with understanding that God wants you to experience joy every day. Every day. That's why when Jesus was here on earth, he said these words. He said this. He said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled. Everybody say filled. With my joy. Say "My my joy. Jesus is talking about my joy. Yes, your joy. Say joy. Your joy will overflow. Jesus, when he was here, said all my teachings, all that I've done, all that I've said is so that your joy will be full. Kind of like this picture here where you go to the gas station and you pull out the thing and you fill it up and you're right, squeezing out every little drop, right? You want to top it off. Say "top top it off. You want to top it off. You want every drop of fuel so that you can get down the road and do what you need to do. God wants you. Jesus said, I want your joy to be full topped off, overflowing is what he wants your joy. Jesus said all of his disciples were this way. And so this is how he wants all of us to be, filled with joy every single day. That's what we learned right there at the beginning of this series. Then as we jumped into the series, we begin to realize, well, joy is not just this happy feeling, right? Right? We saw the definition of joy, and I want to remind you what that definition is. Take a look on the screen. We saw that the definition of joy is this. It's confidence that results in contagious contentment. Confidence that results in contagious means somebody else can catch it. Contentment. Because we saw the Apostle Paul say how he learned how to be content in all situations, even in the midst of difficulties. This is how we define joy. Simply put, Paul showed us that in the beginning of chapter one, that joy is more than a feeling. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And you can have joy every single day. Take a look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14 as a quick review. It says, "And I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything, say everything, Everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and now boldly speak God's message without fear. You see, Paul did not view his situation as something that was a setback. He saw being in prison as an opportunity. It was a mindset mindset. An opportunity to share with unbelievers that he might not normally have. To encourage believers, to influence believers that he might not normally be able to influence. It was an opportunity for him. It was. Where others saw isolation in prison, he saw the prospects of salvation. Where others might have seen chains and restrictions or hindering, he saw connections and influence. Paul's mindset was fixed on his purpose. That he was here to see Jesus Christ glorified in everything and no matter where he was. In the lowest or the highest of times. Paul showed us the way that we can have joy in those situations as well as we dug into scripture. Take a look. And if you, uh, if you want to take a picture of this with your phone, you can uh, take a look at these points. The joyful mindset is focused. It's purposeful. And it's intentional. It's focused, it's purposeful, and it's intentional. And the key verse for that was found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. It says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The Apostle Paul showed us that our mindset is simply this. We're created on purpose and for a purpose, and that is to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. For me to live is Christ. For me to live as Christ. Paul understood he wasn't just floating aimlessly through life, but that he had a purpose. And his mindset was to be a model for us to live for Christ first. First, my life is lived for Christ. I keep my eyes fixed on Jesus constantly. And I run the race that is set before me, living for Jesus and secondly, helping others. When a uh, Pastor Jared taught through chapters two and three while I was on vacation. He gave us a little acronym of the word joy. Maybe some of you remember that. J-O-Y. Take a look at the screen, would you? Think of joy, God's joy in this way. Jesus is first. First and foremost, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Secondly, how can we be a blessing to others? And that is second. And then thirdly, allow God to take care of you. See, joy is Jesus first, others second, trusting that God is going to take care of you. Now, that can be hard, but God wants us to have this attitude. Jared helped us to see that God's way of filling us up with joy is when we adjust our attitudes and we stop thinking about ourselves and we start thinking about others. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 2 as we look back on that says Philippians 2 3 through 5 says don't be selfish don't try to impress others be humble now this this is not how america thinks by the way yeah. right this is not how america, america is like oh yeah me numero uno baby you know i'm the first one it's all about me what can i do to get to the top, right? Who do I need to step on to get to the top? I turned on one of these television shows on Netflix recently, it's called Selling OC. It's about these homes being sold in Orange County. I mean, we're talking these fat mega houses, right? Right there on the beach, $150 million for a house kind of thing. And the kind of people that sell those kind of homes, oh man, they have worked their way up the ladder and there and I, there was this one guy and it, it just kind of bugged me. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm the best in the business. I am the one that the billionaires call." And he was so arrogant, driving his fat um, uh, Maserati, and just like bragging about how good he was and how many he sold. He goes, "I only talk to the B class." And one of his uh, associates go, "What do you mean the B class? The billionaire class are the only ones that I talk to." And I'm kind of, I almost threw up in the back of my mouth when I heard him talk. I, my gosh, dude, you're so full of yourself. And it was so obvious. It was all about him, all about making the deal, because that's how our culture and our society really uh, perpetuates and. Really celebrates is the me, 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 right? The narcissistic attitude. But God says, no, 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 wait a minute. My ways are to think about others. And when you think about others, it gives me the place to take care of you. Jesus, others, you. Let me finish reading this verse. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take on the interests of others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, I know that's uncomfortable. Yeah, but what about me? Who's going to take care of me? I got to take care of me. And I understand you do gotta take care of yourself. You gotta take care of your health. You gotta take care of your mental state. You gotta take care of your education. I get that. But what this is including is saying, but don't just be about me, think of others. Because when you're thinking of others and they, this congregation, is thinking about you, guess what, you'll be taken care of. You'll be cared for, you'll be loved. The American way is all about happiness, right? It's in our Declaration of Independence, right? We have the rights to life, liberty, and what? The pursuit of happiness, right? That's the American way. But happiness is a fleeting feeling. Joy is a mindset. It's deeper. And God wants you to know joy, not just happiness. God's way is counterculture. He gives more than happiness. He gives an opportunity to have joy. And joy comes when we start with Jesus, put others' needs ahead of our own, and allow God to take care of you. When we live like this, Jesus, others, and then you, look at the promise from the words of Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Jesus, God in the flesh, gives this promise to everyone who follows him. Puts him first, looks at for the needs of others, and then says, now, God, I'm going to let you take care of me. Look what Jesus says. Seek first the kingdom of God, and above else, live righteously, and he will give you all that you need. When you put Jesus first and care for others, now you open yourself up to be provided by God. To be provided by God. He'll provide for you. I experienced that this summer, and I know you have too. You can know this kind of joy. I want to pause before we continue on, and I'll wrap it up. But I just want to pray for those of us that deal with the selfish monster. I shared this last week. I had the selfish monster in me when I was growing up. And I know some of us struggle with that. So I want to pray right now. Father God, in Jesus' name, for those of us that struggle with the selfish monster, Lord, kill that monster. May we be a people. May we be people and persons that are givers, that are lovers, that are constantly caring for others. Let this be our hallmark. Kill that selfish monster in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all say amen? Amen. Okay, we continued through our road trip this summer. Philippians one, two, three. 3. Now we turn the corner into something, into a topic that is a huge topic for everyone here. And I got more feedback on this topic than any of our other topics through the summer. And that was worry, worry, concern, anxiety, fear, worry, literally translating the word worry means to pull in different directions. And the picture you can imagine is you're being pulled towards hope. Ah. But you're also being pulled towards fear, right? And sometimes fear seems more powerful than hope. And other days, hope feels more powerful than fear. And that tension that you live in between fear and hope is called worry. That's the tension. And if you've ever worried, you you know that tension can almost choke you, right? It almost paralyzes you. Worry will do that. Matter of fact, there's even physical effects of worry. There's headaches, there's nausea, there's dry mouth, there's stomach aches. And it can take a person from being created by God and doing the things that God's created you to do to feeling like you are not worthy, that you can't do it. The pulling and the choking paralyzes us mentally and physically and spiritually. And I tell you why. Because worry is a thief. Worry steals your joy. It's a joy thief. And we talked about that just a few weeks ago. Many of you remember what we read in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Take a look. The Apostle Paul says that joy, uh, worry is a joy thief. And so here's what he says. Here's how you battle the joy thief. Here's how you kill the joy thief. Here's how you get rid of the joy thief. It says, don't worry about anything instead Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, everybody say then. Then after you've done this, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here's the good news. Yes, worry is out there. And worry is something we deal with every day. But the good news is God gives us a strategy to kill the worry thief. He does. And this is the strategy. Take a look. This is what we talked about just a few weeks ago. Pray. God, I, I, here's where I'm at. Be honest. Be genuine with him. Tell him what you need. And begin to thank him for what he's done. See, I love that theory. Or not that theory, but that, that, that principle, that truth, is God, I'm going to come talk to you. Go, go to talk to God. Tell him what you need, and then begin to thank him. So it's, in other words, it's kind of emptying your plate. Here's what I need, God, but now I'm going to thank you for what you've done. Now you get into a place of receiving, you come to God. Oh my gosh, here's my needs. I give them over to you. Right. And now Lord God, I'm ready to receive. And then God says, now think on these things, think on those things. And that's what these scriptures here in Philippians four. And also in 2 Corinthians 10 talk about, here are the things to think on. Let your mind be renewed. Right? Don't dwell on the fear. Dwell on the promises of God and the faithfulness of God. Last week, on Sunday evening after I got home from church, Leah had missed church last Sunday, which is very rare for her. But she wasn't feeling good. And she's like, Hey, I don't just in case I don't want I don't want to get anybody sick. She tested on Sunday afternoon, just before I got home from church, and she said, Kelly, you need to stay out. I've got COVID. I tested positive for COVID. And in our household, that that's, that's a bad word. I know it's probably for a lot of people, but in our household, as many of you know, two years ago this week, I got hit with COVID and almost died. And so when Leah said that my mind began to get gripped with fear because two years ago, I almost died. I'm thinking, Oh no. One, I don't want Leah to go through what I went through. And two, I don't want to go through it again either. So it was for my my wife, fear for my wife, and fear for myself. It triggered fear and worry in me. It was a trigger. But thank God, Leah's was a mild case. By Wednesday, she was out of the woods. By Thursday, she felt on a scale of one to ten, ten being normal, one being go to the hospital. She said by Thursday, she was feeling like an eight or a nine. And today she's feeling good. She still has a bit of a cough, so I said, "Well, why don't you stay home? We don't want anybody freaking out. We don't want it just in case you might still be contagious. We don't want anybody getting sick." Listen to me. I can tell you, I was a mess on Monday and Tuesday. I was. And I had to do back that up, Craig, would you go back to that slide? I had to do this. I had to say, "God, here I am." I'm afraid, but thank God you healed me. And thank God you're a healer. And I began to think on the things and the way he's provided in my life. And it began to push away fear. I remember on Wednesday night, that's when the emotions really hit me because Leah started feeling better. And I'm like, okay, she's okay, she's okay. And my daughter called me. I went on a walk to kind of stretch my legs. And my daughter, Emma, called me and said, how's mom doing? And just as I began to share how mom had been for Monday and Tuesday, I began to weep. And my daughter Emma, I love it. She's such a young woman of faith. Began to say, Dad, are you thanking God for what He's done in your life? She knew what I needed to hear. She began to encourage me and began to repeat back these words that I've taught her over the years. It was hard, but we began to experience joy even in the midst of that storm. And thank God today Leah's doing good. But man, it was a battle. I was battling the worry thief, and the worry thief comes in to try to steal your joy. But I can stand here today filled with joy. Filled with joy. Amen? Amen. 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 Last week then, so let's turn the corner here and begin to wrap this up as we review and take a look at these snapshots. Last week, we began to wrap up the book of Philippians, and we talked about giving. We saw at the end of Philippians that one of the best ways to experience joy is to be a giver. Everybody say be a giver. Be a giver because getters only experience happiness. Oh, yay, I got a new thing. (laughs) Givers experience joy. Getters experience happiness. Givers experience joy. Do you hear that? Getters experience happiness. Oh, I'm so happy that I got that gift. Givers experience joy. See, because God is a giver. And we are created in the image of God. We learned that. He gave his most precious, precious, precious son, Jesus, to this world so that he could die, so that we could have abundant life, so we could have eternal life. As a matter of fact, it was joy that kept Jesus on the cross. It was joy that kept Jesus on the cross. Joy because he was giving his life so that you could be saved. Oh, Pastor Kelly, that doesn't make sense. He was brutally killed. Yeah, but he knew joy in the midst of it. Take a look at what it says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Now we need to look to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, if I say joy, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He was able to endure the cross because the joy that was set before him. And I want you to picture this. What does that mean to have joy set before you? It means I can have joy when I see the result of what I'm going to go through. For the joy that was set before him, he could see, he could go through the, and endure the cross because of the joy set before him. And you know what the joy was that was set before him? It was you. It was you. It was you. It was me. You were the joy that was set before him. He knew you would know life and salvation through him. And so he was able to endure the cross. Joy in the midst of that. Which brings us back to the mindset that Paul had. How was Jesus able to have joy in the midst of the crucifixion? Because he could see the final destination. The final destination was salvation in you. For you. You can have joy in the midst of your trials because God is for you. He's going to get you through this. He's going to provide for your needs according to his riches and glory. And he's going to get you through to the other side. Band, can you guys come on up? We know joy when we give, because God's a giver. He knew joy. So we model our lives after Jesus Christ. And take a look at the screen as we remember what it meant to be a giver. When we give, there's a reward, and it's called joy. And ultimately, we will receive, we will receive back. We're going to receive joy. We're going to receive blessings from the Lord. (laughs) Jesus said it best in the book of Acts. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. The more you give, the more joy you'll have. It's like a circle. The more you give, you're a giver, the more joy you'll receive. Hasn't it been a good series? Oh my goodness, this was a little snapshot for you, kind of looking back on our road trip this summer, looking back on where we've been. If you want to go back and listen, you can on our podcast. Uh, Craig puts up all of our podcasts every Wednesday. He puts the newest podcast. I know this Wednesday we'll have our entire Joy series. Go back and listen to it. He edits it so it's only about 45 minutes. Is that right, Craig? Ish. 30 to 45 minutes, you can listen to it on a walk. You can listen to it on your drive. And you can go back and be filled with joy and allow God's word to strengthen you. I want to encourage you in that. Let's close in prayer, shall we? Hmm. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. And Lord God, we thank you for your word. This summer has been a great road trip through the book of Philippians. You've equipped us to be people filled with joy you showed us that our tank on the inside tends to run on empty because the world is so demanding worry fear doubt discouragement all these things come at us and steal our joy drain us from it But God, you want to fill us up. Jesus, you said you want your joy to fill us up. So as we wrap up this series, oh, Lord God, I stretch out my hand over this congregation, those inside the auditorium, those under the tent, those online right now. I declare joy in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to do something if you're sitting there, eyes closed. Would you take your hands and just put them out in front of you like a bowl, like you want to receive from God? Lord God, for every man and woman in faith that is taking their hands, whether they're online at home, whether they're out in the tent, or whether they're sitting right here, Lord, they're putting their hands out in front of them with their hands open wide like a bowl. Fill, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, to overflowing your joy. Deeper than happiness, oh Lord God. A lifestyle, a mindset, a a security, a confidence that comes. With a contagious contentment, fill them right now, Lord God, with our hands outstretched. Make a way, O Lord God. Fill with joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.